0: You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. You're listening to The Sports Fix. Yeah, we're at Chatter and Friendship Heights, corner of Wisconsin and Jennifer Streets Northwest. Tom is here. Aaron is here. The show is presented by Window Nation. If you're in the market for windows, call Window Nation like I have in the past. Harley and Aaron are the best. Eight six six ninety 90 nation or windownation.com. Tell them I told you to call. Tom, hey buddy, hey speak, bud. Speaking of windows,
1: you better have good windows these days. In this weather, it's unbelievable. I mean, to keep the water out, to I'm, keep it on the outside. This is it. I walk out of my apartment every morning, and and the sidewalk is so for your long walk. Yes.
0: This is how you get your. Exercise? No, no, I,
1: I don't walk outside in the rain. You don't. I told you I'm a mall walker <laughs> in the bad weather.
0: What are those people? <laughs> I can only imagine. Oh, there he goes again. He's just made the loop on and the second what, floor. And you
1: know what they have at the mall on the, uh, in Frederick? What they have an Annie Ann's. Baby. I was
0: just going to say, by the pretzel store. <laughs> you just walked by the pretzel store again. Uh, what's he going to buy this time?
1: You know what's in, you know what interesting? I was think I've been thinking about this a little bit lately. And not not to steal the show right from the start, but the nationals have had a, a huge amount of rainouts this year, a lot of rain delay games. It's played havoc with the schedule. I don't know nobody remembers this, but four years ago, the learners approached the district about putting a retractable roof on Nats Park and asking them to pay for it. It'd be 300 million dollars, be half the amount of pay of, for
0: of, the stadium of the stadium. To, yeah,
1: yeah. And they want the district to pay for it, and it kind of died down. But if this is our weather for the future, at some point they may seriously look at that because it is playing havoc with the schedule in baseball. Well, in I don't know if it's the Washington. weather of the future. It's the well, weather I'm just saying, of the I did, now. I said, I said if it is.
0: I don't remember them approaching. Um, yeah. the district. Why would they ever have paid for three hundred million dollar retractable well, roof? Look, where would it have benefited? Let's they're going to play. I know, but they're going to play the games anyway. They, why would the city pay for that? They were arguing that they could get. Winter events there, you can get, they you can can get, can get, get other, other events there. there. True, true. Yeah,
1: yeah, you could you could do a lot more business with yeah. an enclosed stadium. And some people think the Redskins' new stadium should have a retractable. Well, roof. that
0: should because ultimately, when you build a new stadium in the NFL these days, it is for. The purpose of having a new stadium and to get a Super Bowl. Right. And I don't think that we've got another cold weather city Super Bowl in the future in, in, without a retractable roof. Remember the Meadowlands Super Bowl outside, which was Seattle Denver, the New York Super Bowl, the day after, the morning after the game, a foot of snow. Oh, I remember. They were within 12 hours of yeah. having a disaster on their hands.
1: I agree with you about that. I'm just saying that if, if climate change is real and if our weather in the future is going to be this wet, people are going to have to start taking this stuff seriously. Yeah. I'm just pointing it out.
0: Um, it, it, I mean, I've, I've And ne- that means
1: having good windows.
0: I've, it means having <laughs> great windows. Call Window Nation, 866 Nation or windownation.com. I can't remember this much rain. We have set records here. For the rain, but just the last three days, just the constant Constant. light rain, although it was just pouring moments ago. Yeah, Um, it's supposed to be gorgeous this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to be nice tomorrow during the day. Yeah. And tomorrow, Wednesday, is Bryce Harper's last home game at Nats Park, which I'll be at.
0: A 4.05 first pitch. He got to 100 RBIs last night. Um, got a standing ovation from the sparse crowd because of the rain. The, the weather—you
1: didn't know if they were going to play or not, either. Right,
0: um, but uh, there, uh, yeah. Tomorrow could be it for him, um, and we'll talk more about that right. on Thursday. Did you watch the Monday night game? I watched bits and pieces of it. Um, it was a wild game, yes, and a it was. wild start. You
1: know, every game with Ryan Fitzpatrick is a wild game.
0: Ryan Fitzmagic? Yes. Yeah, he wasn't so tricky last night in the first half. Second half he was. Yeah, yes, he, he was. threw. Th- yeah, he, th- he was throwing the magic bean in the second half. <laughs> All around the field, too. He, is, he became, Tommy, last night, the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 400 yards in three consecutive games. Nobody else did it. That's remarkable. Brady, Manning, Unitas, Elway, Montana, Marino, none of them. Fouts. I would have thought Dan Fouts in the 80s would have had three consecutive 400-yard games.
1: You would have thought so.
0: Um, he became the first to do it. Uh, the Bucs were down 30-10 to 10 at halftime because of those turnovers. He had three picks in the first half. And then uh, he almost rallied them back to win the game. Pittsburgh holds on 30-27. to 27. Tampa falls to 2-1. Two, two Pittsburgh gets to 1-1-1. One, one Tommy, I don't know if you were up to watch this, but did you see Deshaun Jackson's punt return for a touchdown last night that got called back?
1: I've seen. I've seen it on since then.
0: Oh my mm. god, yeah. is he fast? Yeah, he still has unbelievable game breaking speed.
1: We've never seen anyone like him really in terms of not just the punt return, but in terms of his speed on the field. And not just his. He he, look. He makes a lot of mistakes. He 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 does some pretty dumb things on the field sometimes. He turns the ball over, things like that. But in terms of running under a ball, like to catch it, there's
0: nobody better I've ever seen. Deshaun Jackson's punt return. If you haven't seen it last night, just you know pull it up on ESPN.com or Google his punt return. You're going to see Deshaun Jackson at 22 year old. Deshaun Jackson speed. That was four two four three speed. And it was it was just for whatever reason and people were going nuts on social media, it got called back for a hold. But there was something about just how fast he was running down the sideline. It was a blur. It really and was. you were like, it was, Oh my god, it was god. stunning. Djax still has it. Yeah. Still hasn't. Remember that was a big discussion here two years ago. Garcon or Jackson or both. Who you would know, you
1: have kept if you had to keep
0: one? I'm going to tell you that um, I went round and round on this, and I was very, very... I wanted Garcon because I thought Garcon was the heart and soul of the team. I thought his leadership and his toughness, and because he would always be available. And the problem with Jackson, and I always said and conceded this point, that Garcon does not do to a defense what Jackson does. You have to game plan for Deshaun Jackson. The problem was, Tommy, is he wasn't... Always available. I agree. No,
1: I I'd be hundred percent on Pierre Garcon. Look, I remember Mike Shanahan telling us I wish I had thirty Pierre Garcons yeah, on, on, on my roster. Uh it's no it's no coincidence that he signed with Kyle in in, in San Francisco. I mean that guy's value is is so far off the charts off the field in terms of what he does to a team. So I would always have taken Pierre Garcon.
0: Do you remember when we had Pierre on the show every oh week? Oh my god.
1: It was it was,
0: you know, first it was it was like going to the dentist with laughing gas. Right. And it
1: was really good. And then all of a sudden somebody stopped using the laughing gas. Well, don't you? And you then remember it was why? very
0: painful. Do you remember why? Yes. Because he got in trouble on our show, <laughs> Pierre, Pierre was a weekly guest on the Sports Fix um, with us in 2012. Yeah, no, 2013. 13. 2013, a paid weekly. Yeah, because he missed half the season in 2012. He was awesome the first couple of shows. Oh, absolutely. And then dropping,
1: dropping dimes on RG three. Everybody, no, but
0: that was that was the the haymaker yeah. that got him in trouble. And then we barely could get a word no. out of him. He said basically that um I forget what the quote was. I'm going to paraphrase but that you know he can't see the field yeah. or he's really struggling. He goes if if he'd look if he'd you know look at the field there are people open. And that became a headline on the crawl on ESPN's crawl. And the next week First of all, I remember the Redskins PR people were really upset with us and we didn't ask the question. Right. He just offered it up. No, we didn't say what's wrong with your quarterback. And I don't think we did. <laughs> we may have. I don't I remember because we had this conversation with the Redskins PR we, people, we or have, maybe I did. We would have done I, it
1: so subtly that it the Redskins PR people would be too stupid to notice. Well, there was
0: there <laughs> were some limitations there for sure and still are. But they got really upset with us and we said we said listen to it. We we he said it what and they and I said it so it was live radio it wasn't <laughs> recorded and remember the next week we had to record the interview we recorded the interview and he still didn't say anything oh my and gosh it was the most painful segment for it, the rest of the it, year it, and, what, and then he, didn't he bail at some point or did he do it the rest of the year
1: I think he did do it the rest of the year but it was very painful oh. it really was like going to the dentist. <laughs> And your first three or four visits, you got laughing gas. Yep. And then after that, the dentist says, no more laughing gas. Yeah, I'm were... drilling without any
0: painkiller. <laughs> and there were no <laughs>, laughs and a lot of pain for us. <laughs> um, all right. The other thing out of last night's game was four roughing the passer penalties in the game last night. Uh, personally, I didn't think any of them were, but they apparently were by the letter of the law. And you now have, Tommy, through three weeks of the season, one of the top three storylines in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick... And roughing the passer. Yeah, I, I may, I may be missing. No, Le- no, it, Le'Veon Bell, maybe. Uh, yeah, no, 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 that's people have grown tired of that. I yeah. mean, the Patriots, you know, one and two start. Now this is the. This I'll tell the, you what they're not talking about. They're not talking about the Dolphins at three and zero. No, no they're not. <laughs> yeah, no. But
1: this is the dominant storyline right now, it and, is. and it, it, it began in large part with Clay Matthews really taking off on Sunday uh, with his sack of Alex Smith. It started the week before but really took off with Clay Matthews' sack of Alex Smith.
0: Because all of us that have watched football, um, and even those that are new to the sport, are there people that are new to the sport? Potentially. They all looked at it and said, oh, that's a hell of a sack. Wow, man, he hit him, he hit him perfectly. Textbook tackle. Nope, apparently not. And I hadn't read the new wrinkle to the roughing the passer rule. I had only About seen wait. excerpts. So I'm going to read the entire new wrinkle to the rule to you. Okay, This is what was put in at the beginning of this season. Can everybody else listen too? Everybody else can listen as well, but I'm reading it to you because I'm looking at you. Okay. But we're talking to everybody that's listening. A rushing defender is prohibited from committing such intimidating and punishing acts as stuffing a passer into the ground or unnecessarily wrestling or driving him down after the passer has thrown the ball. When tackling a passer who is in a defenseless posture during or just after throwing a pass, a defensive player must not unnecessarily or violently throw him down and land on top of him with all or most of the defender's weight. Instead, the defensive player must strive to wrap up the passer with the defensive player's arms and not land on the passer. Now, before we get to gravity and the how a, a, a pass rusher is supposed to avoid this. I do think it's important that this part of the, the, the description, which they've used here on the Clay Matthews hits yes. the last two weeks, a defensive player must not unnecessarily or violently throw him down and land on top of him with all or most of the defender's weight. Those were not unnecessary or violently... Or violent tackles. That is part of this pers- uh, particular excerpt of the rule. So I don't think that these rules have been enforced properly per the letter of the law. I think the NFL needs to go back and read it again. It's not unnecessary because the quarterback is a thrower. And by the way, there it is still tackle football. He textbook tackles. No leading of the head. Uh, no leading with the helmet. No hit to the head. Wraps up the quarterback. Not unnecessarily, because the quarterback is still a live player, and he does not violently, I guess that's subjective. Yes. I guess unnecessarily would be subjective as well. But the violently is subjective, throws him down and lands on top of him with all or most of the defender's weight. He does land on him with most of the defender's weight, but it wasn't via unnecessary or violent action. That's my view on it. How do you view it?
1: I agree with that. And actually, I thought Deron Payne's sack of Alex Smith. Me too. Based on their rules, should have been roughing the passer. Uh,
0: Based on the new rules? Yes. It looked more like it than Clay Matthews. Yes, it did. It, It
1: looked like a wrestling move. It looked like he threw him to the ground. I agree. So, but, okay, follow the dots with me here. Okay. Okay. Now, the NFL has instituted this and have given their officials orders to enforce it because why?
0: well because veteran players continue to sue the league.
1: No, no, that's not why. They Is want Is that to... part of the reason? No,
0: that's not why. They want to pre- Ask the question again because okay. I want to get the first dot right.
1: Okay. Yeah, you're not <laughs> off to a good start pretty much. You know, you must have been really bad in art class. <laughs> I was not I was
0: not an artist.
1: Okay. Uh, why did the NFL institute this
0: rule? I don't know. Oh, to oh pr- teacher, teacher. Yes, go ahead, Aaron.
1: Because the stars are the quarterbacks and they want to protect the quarterbacks okay, to well, protect thought, their stars. I
0: thought that was already part of the given in the equation. Well, but
1: but uh, but follow me here on the dots. Okay? Okay. Now, why would they want to protect their stars? Uh, I'll have to answer all the dots for you because you know, this is <laughs> well, because we will be until the most of
0: the eyeballs. Right. Okay. And yeah. and
1: and bring in revenue. Right. Okay? Now, all that said, let us not forget and this is where players this is where the NFL players just never seem to get it. The NFL players share in that revenue. 50% in that revenue goes to the players. Right. And you have the league, which probably loved sacks up until two years ago. I mean, it was part of a highlight package. It was part of what sold the league for years. Right, violent hits, sacks, things like that. And somewhere deep in the in the uh, recesses of the uh, NFL headquarters, they have determined that if we want to continue to be a successful revenue-producing operation. We have to make some changes. You may think they're wrong, but somebody decided this in as a business decision. It wasn't they don't care about the health and welfare of the players. It was a business decision. So somebody decided this is best for the business. The players share in that business. Now Clay Matthews got paid already. So it's not going to affect him, but for future revenue, for future contracts, this is all a good thing for the players. I disagree. Oh, I don't. This is about saving the I revenue. I saw
0: your dot connection. I followed along. Okay. Um, I think first of all, well, let me let me back up. I, I, I don't. Quarterbacks are are stars, but there are other players who are stars. Defensive players. Clay Matthews has been a star. But in who the is league. the
1: league determined that they want to protect? Okay.
0: Again, okay, but.
1: What, what? Doesn't what this, this, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what the line. league is
0: thinking. But there's this fine line of protecting the stars that draw some eyeballs, that increase the revenue that the players share in. How did I do there? Okay. With, with dot by dot. Yes. Uh, there's a fine line with doing it in a way that also pulls eyeballs from the game because eyeballs want to see a quarterback get sacked. Uh, you know, the way they used to watch quarterbacks get sacked. And I'm not talking about in the 70s. I'm talking about in the early 2000s at this point um, on a good defensive play so that defensive football still matters, that rushing the quarterback still matters. And the whole thought of, my God, put a yellow jersey and put a flag around the quarterback's waist is not attractive to most fans. Now, here's where I have problem with this with my own argument is that I've always said over the last few years going back to when we did a show together I said the hardest position to play in the NFL maybe in all of sports is a defensive back because they're getting fined for what used to be legal hits that are almost impossible to hit legally the way they've legislated out the illegal hits and what are you to do are you to let your receiver catch the football Which, by the way, then your coaching staff says, why'd you let him catch the ball? Or are you going to go hit him and potentially risk flag and fine? It's a very difficult position. Now you've got it with pass rushers. Same thing. It's a very difficult position. I got to the quarterback, coach. Look at me. I beat the left tackle. I'm here at the quarterback, ready on third and nine to put the offense back on the field but what am I supposed to do now? Is Should I touch him? Should I hold him? Should I lay him down on the ground? What am I supposed to do so we don't get flagged and I don't get fined? What I was getting to is the DBs and now this. I always, my first reaction is, I don't want to watch this crap anymore. But you know what I continue to do? There you go. Is watch it. Well, th- I watch it over and over again. And Maybe we're just going to get used to this. I don't want to get used to this though. I like the hitting. The hitting Drew is one of the things I loved about the game. And these players are making a lot of money and they have a choice not to play and in uh, pursue a different career and there should be to- Tommy waivers for the league when they play these games that the, the you know like smoking that the danger and and the potential lifelong impacts are spelled out. For the players, and it's your choice. You have to sign the waiver to play. I think I think you still ninety eight percent of the players would continue to play for the Patriots. Oh, they would they look. They would play.
1: And again, I I mean, the the difference in lawsuits moving forward, and I'm not sure how many there'll be, is the lawsuits that were filed. You know, like for, like in the ten years previous and before that, were all based on the NFL not informing the players about the dangers. That's right. Now everyone knows the dangers. Okay. Now that that may not, not necessarily stop lawsuits, but that's a big part of what was the action before was was hidden information. Uh, the, somebody in the league, whether you think they're right or not, has made a decision to at least try this, if not necessarily convinced that that they lose more revenue potentially by having their their quarterbacks just like knocked out for a season than they do people offended. By the lack of hits.
0: Ironically, though, most quarterbacks that have gotten hurt in recent years have gotten hurt on the move. Right. On the move. All right. By their own choosing. Not in the pocket, not on a quarterback sack. But can you uh, can
1: you agree that this was probably a business decision?
0: I I, I just did I, I agree that it's a business decision, but I think it's still wrapped up into the whole safety label. That the safety label is a business decision. Yes, the for perception.
1: Them. They they don't right. like the idea. That that, that the, the perception of the league is not danger,
0: but too dangerous. Let me just say this, though. I do think that sacking the quarterback, roughly, is apples and oranges to hitting a defenseless wide receiver over the middle on a ball thrown in the air. I think they're two different—there should be a distinction between the two. The vicious defenseless hits on receivers, leading with a helmet, they have— tried to legislate all of those hits with or without the lead of a helmet out of the game, and I do understand some of that. I don't like it, especially when it's a clean hit, especially when it's not a targeted or... or, or you know, most receivers, by the way, looking back at a football that's being thrown are defenseless by definition. Right, They're not looking at the defender. They're looking at the ball. Therefore, they're not protecting themselves from a hit. Um, but sacking a quarterback the way Clay Matthews did of Alex Smith is not the same thing. No, it's not. The quarterback sees it coming more times than not. He's not typically defenseless. And if if it's a textbook tackle without the lead of a helmet, without it being helmet-to-helmet, without a SWAT to the helmet, it should be legal. My question to you here as we finish up this topic, John McLaughlin style, (laughs) is... (laughs) <laughs> Will they back off the roughing the passer calls this season?
1: They'll they'll take their foot off the gas a little bit, but event but that's just that'll be just a temporary thing. They're going to move forward with this. this. I mean, when has the league ever stepped back from anything like this? I don't recall. They may take their foot off the gas a little bit as the season goes on, but this is the new world order of the NFL moving forward. And they they think they have to do this in order to survive uh, maybe 15, 20 years from now.
0: I think they are going to back off from this standpoint. I think they're going to look at the rule and they're going to say that this whole thing regarding landing on the top of a quarterback with all or most of the defender's weight is a ridiculous rule because it essentially now is legislating the sack. Of the quarterback out of the game. And the only way they'll call that is if it is unnecessary or, in their mind's eye, subjective, like pass interference is subjective, a violent landing on the quarterback with all or most of the defender's weight. I, I think, think th- I think we're going to get something on this particular play in this particular role in the next week. I think we're going to get that, Tommy. It's not the same as a DB as a as a headhunting safety against a defenseless wide receiver. But the
1: reasons are not the same I know for the doing quarterback's
0: are bigger stars, what it, you would say. Yeah,
1: this is not but to the protect The quarterbacks aren't getting hurt. This is not to protect the player. This is this is to protect the revenue. And, I look, I think the NFL eventually would be fine if they, if they did away with the sack. I think they'd be fine with it. And,
0: ironically, you know what— Well, you're, then you really do lose. Then you potentially—when you, when you put the yellow jersey on the quarterback and say you cannot sack the quarterback, you have fundamentally changed the game. You know, it's I think one we're thing, heading that way. It's one thing to legislate big, defenseless, helmet-to-helmet shots out of the game. It's another thing to not allow a defensive player to tackle a quarterback— that's completely different. You they will not go in that direction. I think
1: eventually they will. All and right. by the way, you know what's on uh Friday night premiering on NFL Network? What? A football life?
0: Lawrence Taylor. I already I've
1: seen it. Oh. No, it I already, thought, de- it oh, already, it already prepared. Uh, yeah, it, oh, it already debuted. It's so good.
0: Oh, I gotta watch it.
1: Talk about a guy why, why who
0: couldn't it? make a living in this league today. So my my son was watching this the other night, and he said, Dad you've always told me and I have Lawrence Taylor is the best football player in my lifetime that I have ever watched not quarterback not line not linebacker not pass rusher football player he's the best football player in my opinion that I have watched in my lifetime and so my boys know how I feel about LT. And so my son was watching. He said, Dad, most of his hits would get flagged. Yes. All of them would. Yes, they would. His speed was basically left quarterbacks defenseless. Yes. They, they didn't even have time to drop back and set up. Um, I did not know it was the debut of the LT football life. I, I, I'm i surprised okay. it hadn't been done before, but I did watch it, not even knowing that it was just debuting. It's excellent. Yes. Excellent.
1: Yes, it is. And he said his number one sack total was Randall Cunningham.
0: Uh." I thought it was Ron Jaworski. No,
1: it was Randall Cunningham. He corrected. The, oh, he
0: did. He did. He, he corrected, corrected them. He yes. said Jaworski
1: was right behind him. Yeah, he he corrected. He that. really took off on Eagle quarterbacks. Gibbs
0: Gibbs is uh, in in the Lawrence Taylor uh, mm-hmm. uh, football life thing, talking about what they had to do from an H back standpoint. They, you know, basically Parcells and Gibbs and Walsh, you know, being the three. Big time coaches of, right. of that era. Ditka, I guess, would be be another Landry. Obviously, At Shula end. in the AFC. Um, but they all talked about how Lawrence Taylor fundamentally changed the game. You know, yeah, you absolutely. the H back was created for Lawrence Taylor so that they could chip and help block Lawrence Taylor with Don Warren as the H back. All right, let's talk about the Redskins game, because you have not had a chance to weigh in on the Redskins game. I spent uh, most of the show yesterday, although I did get a couple of tweets from some of you who said I spent far too long talking about Tiger Woods with Steve Sands, but I think we were 50 minutes on the Redskins and 20 minutes on Tiger Woods yesterday, so that would be basically a two-to-one ratio, almost, more than a two-to-one ratio, two-and-a-half-to-one ratio. Um... Sands though talked about the Redskins. If you missed the podcast from yesterday, Sands was great. Sands actually talked about how he's calling the tournament for NBC. Yes, and he's watching the Redskins on his iPad <laughs> simultaneously. All right, what did you think of the game?
1: Well, again, I was surprised. I predicted uh, uh, the Redskins would get pummeled. Uh, I have no faith in did their Did
0: you listen to the smell test
1: on yeah, Friday? I know you did. I know yeah. you did that. You yeah. were you were picked it out on. right? Yes. You were right. Uh, I, I I have I no faith in their uh, in their ability to be consistent, and they still may be inconsistent. I mean, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. That may be who who they are. Uh, I wrote a column saying that for Sunday, that was like Bruce Allen's greatest moment. I mean, because he had the quarterback that he traded for, Alex Smith, totally in control. Leading the team to a uh, an upset win over over Brett over Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Meanwhile, he's got the quarterback that he he wouldn't pay that he couldn't even say his first name right. Kurt uh, throwing up against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, so that's I mean that's an exact day for Bruce Allen. That's well, cash. Well, what was ticket. last
0: week? Last week, he went to the window over and over and over again well, more often and picked than th- loser after loser. I know,
1: but you never remember the tickets
0: you, you lose <laughs> no, on. You actually, only remember the ones actually, you cash. Actually, you haven't been a lifelong gambler. The now, I'm losses, talking about horse betting. The, the losses are always what you remember. <laughs> you rarely remember the big wins. Um, uh,
1: so, so I wrote that, and I also wrote how uh, there was a lot of attention paid to the defense, rightly so. They played very well. A lot of attention paid to Adrian Peterson, who had a big game. 120-some yards rushing, but uh, uh, I'm very impressed with Alex Smith, and here's why, and here's a big difference between him and Kirk Cousins. We used to talk about this with Kirk in that Gruden used to seem to urge him to run more, and we knew Kirk could do it, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't use his legs, I think, as much as they would have liked him to for whatever reason, and Alex Smith may be the best I've ever seen at it. I mean, I'm not just well, talking. That's not the
0: best no, you've ever no, seen.
1: No, no, no. The best quarterback who runs as opposed to a running quarterback.
0: Well, Steve Young was the best okay. quarterback. Okay, Steve that Young. could run. That's Ran, true. Randall Cunningham. Oh, no, Randall Cunningham. You, you considered him more of a runner than a passer? Randall threw a great deal. Okay, okay, those two right there. Okay, well, I got okay. more. Just keep going. Go, go, go. who's the rest of them? Well, I mean, if you want to go way back, you know, the, the Fran Tarkington was an Fran incredible Fran Tarkington scrambler. was a scrambler.
1: A scramb- I'm, talk- I'm talking about a guy who, who looks it, what, what, at the Grant defense. Tarkins
0: at one point was the all time leading yardage passing, you know, leader in the I, NFL. I get
1: that, because he was a scrambler. Okay, he was a scrambler and a thrower. Yeah. Oh, well, but he was a scrambler. When he ran, he was scrambling. When Alex Smith sometimes, and I asked him this on Smith Sunday. is not the greatest scrambler went, or runner of a quarterback. Uh, two different things. Okay. You know, what do I have to do? Educate you every time uh, we come ahead, in here? Go ahead. Alex Smith, and I asked him about this, sometimes he's looking at a defense uh, when he's on the field making a pass, and he sees something that two or three plays later he knows is going to be an opening to run the ball. As opposed to a moment-to-moment decision to take off to run the ball. He does both.
0: So does Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson does it better. Okay. Just in today's game. That's true. Okay, good. Okay. So, so you've so revised I've your. I've revised my thing. Yeah, but, r- but rather declarative. This guy statement.
1: is so good at making the decisions when to run the ball and projecting two or three plays ahead of time what would be a good moment to run the ball. And he extended a so,
0: number did, of does plays. It, he does it very well. I mean, I'm to not me, with I that. don't
1: think they beat the Packers if Alex Smith does not extend several drives well, for them. Scr-
0: he scrambled twice on third down for first downs. Yeah, and they yeah. get
1: they get seven points instead of three. Yes, on on both of those. And in the fourth quarter, there was a key. Uh, I think it was a key fourth down, third down, or third and one, or fourth and one and he went did a quarterback sneak for a yard yep. i mean so i mean to, I, to, i'm very impressed with alex
0: smith so far i look the big difference you you nailed it there's a there the big difference on the positive for alex smith that that kirk had kurt had as a negative is that Alex Smith has been a really good extend the play quarterback, which
1: means extend the drive. Ex-
0: well, ex- usually it does, yeah. And, and Jay Gruden always did push. Kirk got better at it last year, yeah, um, and he made a lot of plays with his legs last year. And I think he's going to continue to get better at that. But that's not what his natural no, it's ability is. Al- Alex Smith is a natural extend the play, you know, move around, create more time, and then by the way, especially against man coverage, which Green Bay played, you know, more of than than Indianapolis did take off move the chains let's go and i love that about about alex smith
1: and you know what now he... in
0: the second okay. half real quickly okay. the blitz came and they did not handle the blitz well It's one of those takeaways from yesterday's game if you were looking to nitpick of what was a near-flawless first half. The second half, Green Bay, especially with Thompson in the game, Tommy, they blitzed to keep Thompson in, which is one of the reasons they blitzed. And Smith and or Gruden didn't do a good enough job of recognizing the blitz, and some of those scrambles were short of the sticks, or throwaways, and they punted. He was two for five in the second half for six yards, and his key runs came in the first half. Yeah, on scrambles. To except, the,
1: except the one, uh, the one
0: first down. Run, the you quarterback, have, quarterback, quarterback sneak. sneak. Well, yeah, you know. it was late. The game was pretty much decided at that point.
1: Well, you know, you didn't, you didn't want to give Aaron Rodgers the ball with three minutes left in the game.
0: I didn't want to give the Aaron Rodgers the ball at any point. Okay, in the so, game. so so that's, that's
1: fine. that. That that's that's what it did. And when he runs, he doesn't. See, he never seems to be. Running out of control. Never. He never seems to be like, oh my god, like running with his head cut off, or or I'll I'll go here, I'll go there. He seems to have a very good vision as to what he wants to do. I'm very impressed with that. Great. Vision. And I think I think that could be a difference maker for the offense because I don't know if the offense has to be that good this year for this team. To, to
0: be respectable, let's say to win nine games. I think once again, no, not last week as much. Although I I thought the defense, I didn't rip the defense in the loss to the Colts because I thought you know there were moments, and I think we're going to continue to get these moments. You know this is this was my glasses half full chance at nine and seven type of a season, a playoff contention season was about the fact that their front seven is young and talented, and we continue to see that now. Allen and Payne and Ionitist were awesome. Yes, they were on Sunday. Foster and Brown are really, really good. Um, I'd like to see Kerrigan and Smith step up. I still don't think they have that havoc wreaking pass rusher. They don't. No. But I'll tell you what, interior wise, Allen and Payne are going to create opportunities for everybody else. And by the way, they got their own sacks on Sunday. Um, Matt Ionitis is a sack machine, buddy. He is. He is. The Temple Terror. There's no Chris Neal. He's no Pocono Punisher. That's true. Um. That's
1: true. But look, I, I, I had the same, you know, before the season, I thought their front seven was going to be a difference maker. I thought it would be more because they would play havoc on these quarterbacks. They have not gotten the pass rush from the outside that I thought they would get. I thought Kerrigan would be Kerrigan and Preston Smith in a contract year, a year he knows he's going to wind up getting Still paid. early. So I, I so it's, it's early. I, so I did I did feel I think I thought if the Redskins had a chance to go nine and seven, maybe even ten wins, it would be because of that front seven.
0: I did too. Um and I think the offense is still a work in progress. They were in sync in the first half, out of sync a little bit in the second half. They didn't have the ball a lot. But to your point on Alex Smith, just to wrap uh you know put a bow on this particular Redskins conversation. The, now, the Redskins made a lot of first downs and moved the chains and were a good third down team for the most part over the last three years, 2016 in, in particular. But what happens is people like to say, why don't they run it more? If they just run it, if they just do. No. Make first downs. Whatever the defense is giving you, take it and make first downs, and that gives more opportunities for Adrian Peterson to get the ball, more opportunities for Jordan Reed to touch the ball, because if you move the chains and you get new sets of downs, then Adrian Peterson is going to all of a sudden end up with 120 yards. And I don't care how he gets them. If he gets them on first down in the first half, or he gets them on second and six in the second half, it is taking what the defense gives. Jay Gruden and the Redskins offensively have done that pretty well the last few years. Now, they didn't really have a run threat. Now they do, and they ended up being balanced because they sort of took what the defense gave. Now, they did push it down the field a little bit more, perhaps with intention, that first throw to Paul Richardson for a touchdown was underthrown. Yes. Now maybe if he doesn't catch it, he gets interfered with. But I like this shot anyway. And personally, and I said this yesterday on the podcast, Tommy, I don't think that that interception was Alex Smith's fault. You know, I, I think it Jordan wasn't. Reed. Jordan Reed cut off the route. I thought Jordan Reed got held held a little bit.
1: It probably wasn't. But you 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 know you they go against him. Yeah. I mean, that, that it'll be on it'll be on his record one thing Jay Gruden had said against Indianapolis, which was very disturbing and still should be, was they got punched in the mouth right away by the Colts who drove down the field for a touchdown and never recovered. Well, here's one way to avoid that. Get the ball first. You know, now they got the ball first by default because Green Bay de- de- deferred the uh, – they won the t- coin toss. They deferred so that the Redskins took the ball first and they took, went down the field and they scored. You know, so so I think I, – I've always – Thought this was ridiculous. If you've got particular, well, I, I felt it more with Kirk than I do now. But I used to drive me nuts when Jay Gruden would defer, which I know is, you know, generally by the book. Uh, when you're on the road, in particular, doesn't matter. You win okay. home or on the road. Okay. De- defers the play.
0: I've explained I, I, this to you. I, in the I past. know that,
1: and I disagree with it. When you haven't went last, when you had Kirk Cousins in that offense last year, compared to that pathetic defense I, that they used to have.
0: I, I, you know what? That's a fair point about last year's team. Context is everything. And by the way, for the crowd that the Redskins have had for the first two home games, you don't have to worry about crowd noise being a factor. Against the opponent. Right. The defer default. I understand the logic of it. Okay. Kevin. But not everybody does. Okay. I'm talking to more than just you right now. Really? <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. Um, the defer logic is this that in most stadiums, not necessarily FedEx Field the last two weeks, in most stadiums, the crowd is in their seats for the kickoff but not in their seats and raucous for the beginning of the third quarter. Right. And the reason for that is halftime's is very short. Several years people ago got moved are to 12 minutes. getting concessions
1: going to the if restrooms. You, if things you look like at
0: that. if you look at any stadium at the beginning of the third quarter, there are more empty seats at the beginning of the third quarter and it takes part of the third quarter for them to fill back in, whereas more people are in the stands for the kickoff ready to rumble. So the defer, it, it, by, it, as a home team, if you defer, that means you start on defense, crowd into it. You know, Other teams, hopefully, is going to have a difficult time on that first drive hearing things, and hopefully you force a punt. If you're the road team, you defer. Then you don't have to go on offense to start the game against the crowd in their seats. You get to start on offense in the third quarter Yes, with the crowd not there. That is the logic behind it. All right? Um, You know, Belichick, Shanahan, all of them have sort of explained that logic over the years. And it has always made sense. But there's context to everything, like your defense is horrible, like it was last last year. year. Or you don't have much of a crowd anyway, (laughs) so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. All right, give me a moment here to say thank you to Window Nation. Uh, They were the first to reach out to support this new podcast venture. Uh, Harley and Aaron uh, have been friends for a while now. Uh, Harley in particular um, has been a backer of the shows I've been on um, on 980 for over a decade. And and I can't thank Window, uh, Window Nation enough for having my back now. If you like this show and you're thinking about buying new windows, I promise you that you'll be thrilled if you call Window Nation. They will take care of you. Now, Halloween is next month. Thanksgiving is two months away. Can you believe that? Three months away from Christmas. What does this mean? It means that winter is coming and now is the time you need to start acting when it comes to winterizing your home with brand new window nation windows. If you wait, you may be too late to replace your old drafty windows before nasty winter hits. Call window nation today and you'll save 50% off all styles of windows. That's 50% off any style, any size, any color. Uh, of all windows half off it's like paying for the front and getting the back of the house for free there's no minimum or maximum purchase start with the worst windows or replace them all just don't wait until it's too late window nation is making it super easy for the balance of the month you'll get 50 percent off all styles of windows plus no down payment no payments and no interest for over one full year but wait there's more purchase a house of windows this week and Window Nation will pay your utility bills until your new windows are installed. Call 86690nation or visit windownation.com by this Sunday. That's 86690nation or windownation.com and please tell them that I told you to call. Kevin. Tommy,
1: can I make a little pitch for me? Yes. I just want to remind everybody that in addition to hearing me on the Kevin Sheehan show on Tuesdays and Thursdays on the podcast today with Chad uh, tomorrow no, with Chad actually not this not tomorrow because of the, of the met the uh, nationals game yep. but it's usually every Wednesday with Chad from 4 to 6 and definitely every Saturday morning from 9 to noon with Andy Paul and on 1067 the fan we got together with Andy Uh, on Saturday for a a surprise birthday party, and it was like old home week for us, wasn't it? It it?
0: It was great. It was great. Tommy, uh, it was Andy's 60th, right? And his two um, kids, Samantha and Jeremy, put this surprise luncheon together in Bethesda for Andy. So Tommy and I and Zabe and Scotland and Solly, and buck it, buck, it, it was knocky it, knocky everybody was there um and it was a lot of fun to see everybody and hang out with it, with everybody and andy was was completely surprised oh he
1: was look i i had spent three hours with him at morning i never let on a thing
0: i saw him the day before because he came in here and, and sat in on the podcast you
1: know i probably forgot me. about it though <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right i want to get to this because i know how much you love tiger woods um, NBC's rating for the final round of the golf tournament on Sunday with Tiger in the lead was a 5.2 on NBC for golf on an NFL Sunday. Tommy, it was a 206% increase over a year ago. 206%. It was the highest rated FedEx Cup event, P- a PGA Tour FedEx Cup event in history. Um, the internet stream. And there's a reason for this, which I'll get to in a moment. The the internet stream was up 561% from a year ago. And it was the most streamed golf round since NBC started streaming golf in 2013. Now, the reason the stream, according to some of the people out there, was so high is because people were watching NFL football and streaming the golf right there yeah. in a room. Or they were out and they were streaming the golf. I saw at least four people in the Redskins press box have it up streaming. Yeah, so it, 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 that that's unbelievable. Now, how did it do against the NFL? Well, the, the national doubleheader game on Fox was Dallas-Seattle. And Dallas-Seattle was not a great game on Sunday, but it's still the Cowboys involved. Right, It did a 15.3 rating, so basically it tripled the golf rating. Um, up eleven percent, by the way, in football right now across the board is up. Yeah, so far this year, um, but at at its height, when Tiger was in the midst of walking down, you know, the eighteenth fairway, did you see that scene? Oh yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, um, it was bumping at like about a seven point three rating, which meant that the football was basically only doubling it at that point. That is remarkable. Of course it is because, because it's golf. <laughs> it's golf. Yes. It's niche. Now, Tiger is not, you know, no. is not niche. No, he's not.
1: He's um, he's gonna bring in, he's gonna bring in the people. Look, it's a cliche about him, but it's true. He's gonna bring in the people who would never pay attention to golf otherwise.
0: Steve Sands and Ron Syrak and others have, have used the same line over the years about Tiger, especially this year. Tiger Woods doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. And this is what I wanted to ask you because I know you don't like golf and you can't stand the Tiger thing and whatever. But in our lifetime of following sports, who has ever moved the needle like Tiger? I know that we have to be careful in trying to compare because it's apples to oranges if we go back to Ali and Namath and Wilt, because there was nothing out there other than three networks and you know and, and just a few sports that people followed. I mean, I know Ali moved the needle and is still probably the most recognized figure when he was alive of anybody on the planet. Yeah, that All would right? be correct. And so maybe no one moved it like Ali did. Boxing was different, though. A lot of his fights were pay-per-view fights, yeah, but, you know, closed-circuit TV but, fights.
1: But that's moving the needle when you get people to show up to pay to watch your that's event. True. That's That's true. moving the needle.
0: But do you agree with me to go back to that era Is is... A little bit problematic because it's not exactly an yeah, apples think, to apples comparison. I think
1: you have to really start in the in the uh, I mean ESPN era, or even beyond that in the internet era. Because I mean, there's so many different ways to watch now.
0: Because in the eighties, if you say that Ali, Namath, and Wilt, who am I missing from the seventies? And Wilt didn't move the needle. Okay, but he was a big figure. Yeah,
1: I know that, but he didn't move the needle. And I'm not sure. What about you know, Namath? Namath moved it to some extent. He put a league, you know, on the map. Right. The the AFL and in baseball, you've had moments. You've had moments like Fernando Valenzuela. Right. I mean that eighty one. Yeah, 81, 19, yeah right? went, I mean that. That you know consumed the nation, but those were moments. I mean, it's been years since Tiger Woods was was an impact on a golf course, and for him to still be able to do that, no one no one's done that. No one has done that in
0: what about what about MJ?
1: MJ maybe.
0: See to me, you know, but it's it's
1: so hard because the NBA was bigger than golf. I mean,
0: you know, so it's so hard. What, but, you know, I guess like we really have to like compare. All right, what were Michael Jordan's Bulls teams in the finals? I mean, there was Magic and, and ha- Larry. Magic and Larry. Was, I, I wrote before that Before there down. was MJ. I know.
1: So I mean, so I mean, before Tiger, I mean, we can't even count. There was Arnie. I mean, that was pretty much it. I mean, I know Jack Nicklaus is maybe the greatest of all time, but the guy who really uh, took golf out of the country club and into a blue collar level was Arnie.
0: Well, the, that's true. The two biggest needle movers right now in sports you know, are LeBron and Tiger. I just think Tiger's bigger because the difference in how many people watch a golf event with Tiger out of it or not playing it versus Tiger in it and contending is that difference, Tommy, that percentage difference really sort of measures how much somebody moves a needle yeah and, and tiger it, the difference between tiger in it and no tiger in it is bigger than the difference of lebron in it and no lebron yes in it. yes it is it's just much bigger
1: yeah now we're talking about different stages and you always have to recognize that so tiger brings has a bigger impact on
0: a smaller stage it is a smaller stage you're right but it, but, it, but
1: but that doesn't that doesn't deaden his impact i mean it doesn't mean it's it's not a great impact in a way He's sort of like Lance Armstrong. I mean, nobody watched the Tour de France. Nobody even watched it, but everyone loved Lance Armstrong, knew about him, walked around wearing these bracelets, lived strong. They had no idea really what he <laughs> what did. A fraud he was. But, 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 no, not even get away from that. Oh, there was a little bit of that, yeah. but, but, uh, I mean, they just—they just loved Lance Armstrong, so he really moved the needle. I never watched. I never watched the tour. Watched France, the tour. And I used to say, people, I mean, I don't, you know, yeah. have you watched two minutes of this bike race <laughs> in your life? But you think Lance Armstrong's the greatest athlete in the world? I know. So, so Tiger's a little bit different, but that—that's sort of like that—an individual taking a sport that wouldn't be—that's on a smaller stage and making it larger. That's a pretty hard thing to do. So what Tiger do- Woods does, and I don't have, and listen, I have nothing against Tiger Woods. My whole issue is with the Tiger Woods media fanboys. I know, I know. I mean, those guys. As, as All your star- buddies. As he stares me down.
0: Um, I just, the scene Sunday was incredible. This week you'll have Ryder Cup ratings way up. Now, it's on at odd hours. It's on very early in the morning until mid-morning. I guess late morning it finishes up, which is perfect. I love when the Ryder Cup is actually in Europe because it stops right before football (laughs) comes on, so it won't compete with football. I will tell you this, that you're right it's a smaller stage, but at the Masters, and the Masters always draws a much bigger stage in general, if he is in the hunt on Sunday at the Masters in April... That thing will do a non-small stage number television ratings wise. It will do an NBA Finals. It will approach an NBA finals number. The, I could see that. The the Masters, it's not going to approach Super Bowl or NFL no. playoffs. No no no, or, no, no, no. You know, but the NBA finals it could be a fifteen, a sixteen. Yes, it, it absolutely could be, even. which is NBA Finals yeah. territory.
1: Yeah, it, it it could be that. Now uh part of this is the tiger uh, phenomenon right now? Is the is where he's come from? I mean, part of it is where he's come from, and a year ago, we're talking about a guy who was and and probably still is an addict.
0: I mean, when oh, I don't you, think he still oh, is. Oh no, no, no! Is it the the, the expression "once"? Yeah. is always. Yeah, in
1: other words, when you wind up on three o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the there morning.
0: There was a pain med issue there.
1: Yeah, I, I know. And there was a lot of other. There were a lot of pain meds
0: uh, well, in his
1: system, along with alcohol and marijuana.
0: You know, you know that I have had the same back surgery. Yes, I wanted to talk and, to you about and that. The, and in the nerve pain. You know, and I've said this to you before, and I've told Chris this before. I could always, I could definitely have seen if without surgery, surgery, I could have easily gotten addicted to the pain meds. It was the only thing that gave you relief.
1: Having taken pain meds myself, I get all that but I never wound up at 3 o'clock in the morning being pulled over by the cops.
0: That, Those when, were something, the, when, when that's when happened that with you, happens, that's been for other reasons. Yes,
1: when that happens, you have an addiction problem, and he has an addiction problem. He may have it under control, but he has an addiction problem. That's why That's why I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, while let's all enjoy the moment of Tiger. Uh, let me ask you, is he fixed physically, do you think?
0: Yeah, the the fusion, what's in- interesting about the back fusion is that you're supposed to, after the fusion, he had discectomies on his L5-S1 disc. If you know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to get into an explanation, but it's basically your lowest disc. It's the same disc. I had two right. um, herniated discs, same disc, two surgeries. And by the way, that surgery, people talk about, ooh, back surgery. That's not even really a dangerous back surgery anymore. That is just taking stuff off the nerve so you you don't have pain. Once you've had a couple of those, and he had three of them, once you've had two or three of them, you have to... The next one is there's no disc fragment left. You have to get it fused. And I was always told that a back fusion a real athlete, not a, a weekend hack like me playing basketball one to two days a week, would lose explosiveness. And that was always, I think, the concern is that he would lose that explosion with his swing. He had to remake his swing. Yes, he did. And he could always have further disc That's issues my question. with other discs. My
1: question is, is is he fixed?
0: Look, knock on wood, I mean, if he's got none of that disc, I'm not, clearly I'm not an orthopedic well, all right, but I know enough about this surgery. Yes. If there's none of that disc fragment left in that L5-S1 area, he may never have issues no, with that's that. that's great. And actually, he's not going to because he had it fused. Right. So he'll never he'll never have issues with that back, uh, th- that, that particular disc, but he could have problems with other discs. Yeah, that's true. And typically, when you have, you know, a d- degeneration of a disc – it's in your other disc areas too. There's a lot of wear and tear for anybody in life, especially those pr- professional athletes and Tommy even those of us that have wor- have been athletic in our lives. And I'm talking I'm not talking about professional but just you you enjoy participating in athletics, basketball, aerobic workouts, swimming, anything. I know. You there's a certain amount of wear and tear Look, it, I've been lucky for years. How'd you like that ex- explanation? That, I thought it was great. Do you think I, I could perform a surgery? I, I,
1: I have no <laughs> doubt. Listen, I've been lucky with my back because I've been carrying you for years, and I've never had any back problems. <laughs> been carrying or a, lot like that, so so I, a lot more than me for years. So i been pretty lucky about that.
0: Um, all right, I want to get to this um, this story: uh, Markeith Morris, John Wall, and Bradley Beal. Shortly after the introductory of training camp is here, the introductory press conference, where Scott Brooks, Tommy, apparently said, we have to, quote, stop talking, closed quote. You know, this has been the biggest, brashest, you know, uh, spouting off team the last few years yes. without the results of oh, any yeah. team in the league. They're the most
1: disrespected team
0: oh, in the league. Best ba- we're not, really? We're not the best backcourt in the league? Well, who is? <laughs> um, so Scott Brooks apparently said to stop talking. Stop talking to his team. Yes. Shortly afterwards, Markeith Morris, about the upcoming season and the Celtics being the favorite, quote, Boston has never been better than us. <laughs> Closed quote. Oh John Wall being asked about being ranked 32 on that ESPN list that we did the other that, day, yeah. the top 100 list. Quote: If there are 31 players better than me, prove it. Closed quote. Bradley Beal asked about where the Wizards rank in the East. Quote: I feel like we're the best team. Closed quote. I know there's so many of you. Don't you love when we do these things and people will say, "Well, what'd you want him to say?" Uh, what I wanted him to say is, "We're a work in progress." We got some good players. We had a Dwight Howard. We we drafted Troy Brent Brown Jr. We got Jeff Green. I like our team. It's going to be you know, but but this is you know uh, this is a time for us to go out and prove it and not talk it.
1: Yes, it's very simple. That's
0: what they should say. It's
1: very simple. We think we're good. We have to prove it though. Yes, that's all. That's all you've got to say. You know, but but look, it. I mean, it's been a delusional team led by a delusional leader in John Wall. Who has a delusional idea of the, how good he is, and he may be on the downside of that. In other words, like I mean, we're... why
0: because of his physical knee issues? Yeah, there, there is. I've I've had that thought that John Wall, who is technically now in his prime, all right, Bradley Beal just entering his prime age-wise for an NBA player because of those injuries and because of the style of play, the speed that Wall has to have in his game, you wonder. You wonder if he could actually shortly be on the decline. Both knees. He's had I know. problems with multiple both knees. times.
1: Yes. So look, I mean my I don't look, my team is the go-go. <laughs> you know? The Cap- Capital City go-go, the the, the, the new basketball okay. team in town. That's who I'm paying attention to, buddy. Um the Wizards, wake me up in, in April when, when they're eliminated in the second round. What? Which would be progress this year since they got knocked <laughs> they got, out. They the got first knocked in out out the first
0: round last year. Um one quick thing. So Jimmy Butler, I don't know if you've been following the story in Minnesota. The owner wants him out. Uh, the, the coach and GM you know, want him to stay. He's got a major issue with Wiggins, with Andrew Wiggins, um, among some of the other young players. One of the teams <clears throat> that was written about in – I think it was – I was reading this, I think, on ESPN.com. I don't have – you can see I didn't make a note of where I read this. But they think the Wizards are a potential good trade partner for Minnesota for Jimmy Butler to come here. And they, they basically said you'd have to give up Porter Oubre and Markeith Morris. Now that seems like a lot for just Butler, you know? So they threw in Taj Gibson as part of the deal. Um, I don't know. I like Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler, by the way, is a better player than Otto Porter. Come on. It's not even close. Jimmy Butler's also performed in the playoffs. He's a leader. He's got a toughness about him. And I would take Jimmy Butler on this team, and I would give up Oubre and Porter and and Morris. I might. I'd want a little bit more back and maybe a pick back. And I'd like to keep Morris and just get rid of Porter and Oubre. You can't sign Oubre next year. Right. You know, you cannot sign Oubre with Wall and Beal and Porter getting paid. Um, that would be interesting. I don't think the I don't think the Wizards are going to make any moves. No, I think they're set. I think they like the team that they have to a certain degree with, you know, Wall, Beal, Porter, Morris, and Howard. Listen, and hey. then a bench that includes Jeff Green, their first round pick, Troy Brown Jr., who Tommy I love. I uh-huh. think he's going to be a really good player. He's got a lot of Trevor Ariza in him. Okay, a lot of Ariza in him. Um. Austin Rivers, you know, I'm not thrilled about. But I do like I, – I think Jeff Green could add something up so that So you
1: think they like the team that they've got? The, apparently they do. They that, always that's seem that's to like surprise. their team. That's a surprise. I can't believe that they, they like the team that, that Ernie Grunfeld has put together. They always seem to like Yeah, the they team. seem to. And they always seem to pretty much finish in the same place.
0: They have. And I, you know I was so optimistic a few years ago that this was the beginning of – you know, a five to eight year stretch of being in the postseason every year and being a 50 win team most years and getting to a conference finals. And maybe in one of these years, if it broke right, LeBron got hurt or he was out of the East, that they might be able to make a run to the finals. Look, the NBA right now, you're you're playing for second place. Golden State isn't losing unless they lose players.
1: I get that. But for the Wizards second base place would be an accomplishment. And to be quite honest with you, if John Wall doesn't break his hand a couple years ago, they make it today. The they would conference. have been in the Eastern
0: Conference Finals yeah. that year. They would have. And yeah. you know what? If he wasn't out for 41 games last year, I think they would have been a top four seed for a second straight year. I don't know. I, I do. I think. They, well, the year before when he was healthy, they were a top four seed. You know, they beat Atlanta in in, in the first round, and then. Um, you know, in a a good series, and then lost to Boston in a seven-game series. And
1: in part, they lost to Boston because they had no bench. They had no bench because they have an idiot for a general manager.
0: Well, that would be one way to look at it. The other would be that they were a terrible defensive team, and what they really needed was more health during the regular season that year so that they could have won more games and played Game 7 at home against Boston.
1: I get that. John Wall uh, coming off double knee surgery finished seventh in the league in minutes played that year. And the whole Celtic strategy they said in game seven was to, you know, gas, make, make wall gassed.
0: Well, and he, that's what they did. He he started off that season slowly cuz he was out of shape and remember they struggled at the beginning of yeah. the season and they didn't win 50 they won 49. Well, they, they, had... they
1: weren't e- they were going to ease him in. I know. But then they wound up losing so many in their early games they were forced to play him more.
0: Let me just say this. I think we talked about this last week. I am not a, I'm not a Dwight Howard fan. I think he has a big L on his forehead. And he'd have to make significant changes in the way he behaves and his maturity level. And then Beal and Wall would have to mature for this team to be a conference finals or a better team. With that said, I still think if they're healthy during the regular season, they can be a top four seed in the East. They probably can. I think they can I'll be I'll grant that.
1: you that. And, you know... Uh, All this stuff about Dwight Howard, Kevin, that's a media creation. Transparent Ted says that's all the media
0: stuff. I know he did. Transparent Ted who sits on the bench, the only owner in sports that sits on his team's bench and then blogs about the team the following morning. Uh, I want to just mention this, and you want to mention this as well. This podcast is presented by Window Nation. Tommy and I want you to tell people about the podcast, especially when Tommy's on on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can download it as you probably have have already done through iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn, and I think we're on Google Play now. We're not yet on Spotify. We're trying to get on Spotify, but... For those people out there that don't know how to get a podcast or tell you that they're intimidated by the podcast or they don't know what a podcast podcast is, but they listen to the radio shows I've been involved in or listen to Tommy and I on the Sports Fix for years, just tell them to go to the thekevinshehanshow.com. It's right there. They can just go to the internet site. There's a big play button, and they can listen. Uh, and also,
1: also, let me point out to you, uh, on your phone, you probably have an icon that says Podcasts.
0: Well, the people listening to us know that. We want them to tell others that haven't listened. I don't know. You're giving these people
1: (laughs) way too much credit. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in a room with somebody and said, you see that icon? That says podcast. That's where it is. Just hit the search button.
0: (laughs) It's not that hard. (laughs) Um, Subscribe to it. That helps us out. Rate us uh, as well, uh, highly. That helps us out as well. Uh, Let's get to coaching blunders of the week. Bad play calls, clock management gaffes, missed opportunities. It's Coach Sheehan's Blunders of the Week. All right, please keep tweeting them to me. I can't see and watch every game. Um, I did not watch the Virginia Tech-Old Dominion game, even though Old Dominion was a smell test pick and a winner on a big weekend, Tommy. Do you know how big my weekend was? Really? 9-3-1, 4-0 on the NFL games. Um. I'll start with the stuff I saw, but go ahead and tweet me at Kevin Sheehan DC or at the Sheehan Podcast, or you can send them in to Aaron on our Facebook page, the show's Facebook page, or the Facebook's Instagram account. We got it all now. TCU, Texas. Gary Patterson is one of, Tommy, the best college coaches in America. He has been for a while He is one of the best defensive minds in football. He has taken little TCU with an undergrad population of 8,500, second in Division I, second smallest to Wake Forest, and has turned TCU into a football powerhouse over the last 10 years. Um, With two minutes and 30 seconds left in the game against Texas in Austin on Saturday, down 31-16, which makes it a two-score game, two and a half minutes to go it's fourth and four the ball near midfield he punted that wasn't the right move i i'm sitting there i'm watching this game you know i've got interest in tcu i had a kid graduate yes. from there in fact my oldest son was at the game he and a bunch of friends flew to austin for the weekend austin is a great city i've heard great that. i've never been there um and he punts down 31 16 with two and a half minutes to go fourth and four near midfield I don't know if he looked up at the clock and saw something different than two and a half minutes or saw the score differently but who does that name one team that would punt with two and a half minutes to go if you're wondering how many timeouts he had I think he had all three but he's down two scores He needs to score and then use those three timeouts when they're down one score. Punted. Look, this wasn't fourth and 20. This wasn't fourth and 15 from his own eight-yard line. This is fourth and four near midfield in a 31-16 game. I I tweeted out, I'm like, Gary Patterson just tapped out.
1: But I think more coaches do that than you give them credit for. They just want to get off the field.
0: No, because... After they stopped Texas using all their timeouts and got the ball back, they went for it on fourth down. (laughs) uh, Virginia Tech, Old Dominion. So Virginia Tech is down seven in this mammoth upset on Saturday. They're down seven with a minute 45 to go in the game. They get a 15-yard penalty on defense. All right? Um, So it's first down. And what happens with a penalty in the final two minutes of, of of a game? What happens to the clock generally? Stops. Stops. Well, Justin Fuente, the coach of the Hokies, didn't know that, so he called his third and final timeout. Oh my God! With the clock stopped. Oops. Um. By the way, at that point, then all Old Dominion needed to do with a minute forty-five to go and up seven is take three knees to run the <laughs> clock out. But they didn't. They ran a play and they scored a touchdown. And yes, they were up then 49-35, to 35, but the only chance that Virginia Tech had to potentially win the game was for them to run a play and score. Virginia Tech didn't win the game, um, but they should have been in a, in a three-knee situation, and Justin Fuente shouldn't have taken the timeout with the clock already stopped. So Oregon-Stanford may have been the craziest game of the weekend, but... Um, Oregon basically had the game won, you know, multiple times. Uh, their lead at one point was 21-3, to right? It was 21-3. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, and they're they're hammering Stanford at home, and Oregon's going to stay undefeated, and now they're going to be one of these teams to keep an eye on. Stanford gets a fumble return for a touchdown. Uh, they get another score. Now all of a sudden it's a really close game. Stanford's down three late in the game. Oregon's got the ball, and David Shaw and Stanford have one timeout left. Clock's running after a first down run of seven yards. Stanford's not calling their timeout left. And Oregon gets up to the ball on second and three with 53, 52, 51 seconds left. And the first thing they do is they snap it with still four seconds left on the play clock. That's a no-no when you're protecting the lead trying to run the clock. Snap it with one second left. Um, The next run was a fumble. Stanford recovered. They went down. They kicked a game-tying field goal. They won the game in overtime. Now, a lot of people said that that was terrible game clock management strategy, and it was terrible from this perspective. They couldn't just knee out the game. Understand that. That Stanford still had one timeout left. But what they could have done, had they taken knees, is gotten it down to about six or seven seconds left on fourth down, taken a penalty, and then punted it or thrown a Hail Mary on the final play and not run a traditional play where fumble is a possibility. So from that standpoint, they blundered uh, there uh, at the end of that game. Um, they could have gotten it into a situation where it was fourth down with about six or seven seconds left, and then you make the decision, do you want to put your punter back there like Michigan did a few years ago against Michigan State, or do you want to snap it to your quarterback and have him throw a, a Hail Mary deep into the end zone, which would probably run the clock out, yep. um, or have the quarterback run around a little bit and then chuck it downfield um, you got a couple of options there, uh, but they ran the ball on second down, fumbled it, and they ended up losing the game. And then the last coaching blunder of the weekend was right here at FedEx Field where Mike McCarthy, and I mentioned this yesterday, It's this is the biggest mistake that coaches with clock management uh, issues make. They don't know how to use their timeouts properly, and they don't know that if they use them on defense, it will save more time than using them on offense. Offense, you control when the ball is snapped. Defense, you've got to rely on the other team to snap the ball. Hence, use your timeouts on defense, which McCarthy did not use at the end of the first half, and because of it, they ended up being forced to kick a 60-yard field goal where where the snap was botched at the end of the first half. He should have had no less than 45 seconds left when they got into that position to get into better field goal range or to potentially score a touchdown, but he didn't use his timeouts on defense when the Redskins had it first and goal to go. See that's another thing. It's like I'm 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 watching the game and I'm always thinking about these things. I'm like McCarthy's got to use his timeouts here because the Packers will have plenty of time after the Redskins score either a touchdown or a field goal to move the ball at the end of the first half to get points. And I don't know if coaches actually think to themselves Well, maybe the time will run out on them. It's not going to run out on them. With a minute 45 left first and goal at your 8-yard line or 9-yard line, the clock's not going to run out on them. All right? You need to save time so that when they score field goal or touchdown, you can score before the end of the half. Um, I do have one thing to read here because I want to talk about Tommy uh, launch workplaces. All right, I want to talk about, uh, real quickly, uh, launch workplaces, Tommy. I'm moving into a studio. You'll be there next week as well um, in Bethesda. We hope. We're, we're still, we do hope. We hope we're I'll st- be there. We're still going to use tone. It's closer to where you live. It'll cut uh, 10 or 15. How long did it take you to get in here today? Don't ask. It didn't take you two hours again because of the rain it did?
1: 270 was a parking lot. I came down 355 a,
0: again. You did?
1: You know how many traffic lights there are on 355? 642.
0: It's not that. I want you to count them. I'm going to guess right now that it's 25. Oh, you are so wrong. Is it? Oh, between Rockville 50. and here, yeah. it's 25. Oh, my God. oh yeah, <laughs> You're right. It's probably 25 between Rockville. You, Rock- you think it's 25 between Rockville and here? Yes. It's not 25. It might be. It's probably 20. Uh, I don't know. It might be 25. How many How many lights do you think there are between Frederick and here in Upper Northwest on Wisconsin Avenue? I told Avenue? you, 642. It's not 642. Well, that's
1: my number. I'm sticking with you're it.
0: All right. All um, right. We're going to still use Tony's studio from time to time here at Chatter, um, but because we want to get the podcast out earlier, get it done earlier, we're going to probably move into, well we are, we're moving into a new studio. And if you live in the Bethesda Chevy Chase Upper Northwest DC area and you don't want a long commute and it's too hard to get work work done from home, check out the new launch workplaces in Bethesda. Uh, that's where I'm moving. They have flexible and affordable private office solutions so you can get work done. It's a beautiful new space. provides fully furnished offices, conference rooms, co-working desks, high-speed internet. Parking is free and it's available 24-7. Get more work done today by moving your office to Launch Workplaces. Call today for an exclusive free two-day trial. Call 240-800-6714 or visit launchworkplaces.com today. That's 240-800-6714 or launchworkplaces.com. You know, the only thing we didn't talk about today is just... I was going to ask you, and we, we can do more of this on Thursday, but... Somebody sent me a tweet yesterday, and I didn't I didn't keep it, so I'm going to paraphrase, that it's already clear to this person that the NFC East is a two-team race, the Redskins and the Eagles. I don't view it that way at this point. Do you through three weeks? I, I, it's not going to surprise me if the Redskins finish in second. I don't know if I would predict it right now. I think I did sort of... I predicted the Giants to finish in second before the year started, Um but do you look at it through three weeks and see a two-team race?
1: I think the Cowboys have to show something real soon, or else it will just be a two-team. I think the Giants. Look, a lot of us didn't know what to make of the Giants because you know uh, they drafted Barkley. Everyone had high expectations for. They were an eleven-win team two years ago. And we probably didn't think they were as bad as the two-win team, three-win team that that, uh, took the field last year for them. So I think we gave the Giants more credit than we probably should have going into the season that they would bounce back with a new coach and a new general manager. I think they may be bad.
0: I think the Giants are more talented uh, than the Cowboys are. I think they're good on. I think they're very good defensively, and they're capable offensively. You know, they've already made a switch along their offensive line. They benched Eric Flowers oh, yeah. the other day. Finally, um,
1: I like the Cowboys more than the uh, than the Giants. Do uh, having an impact. Uh, they I have think no it's offense. Very, I think it's very possible that it could wind up. Uh, a a two-team NFC. Well, actually, I think it's only a one-team NFC East race, and that's the Eagles.
0: I think the Eagles are going to prove to be the best team in the NFC East as well. I think the Redskins are on the rise. They certainly are from a talent perspective. They have issues at wide receiver, and I still don't think that they are one of the best coach teams in the league. I think they're right in the middle of the pack there, and I think at some point... Jay Gruden's going to cost him here at some point. Yes. Um, You know, it won't be multiple games, but it'll be a game or, you know, a potential game that they would have had a chance to win. Um, I, I still, I guess the Giants saved their season by winning at Houston. I like the players on their team. I don't know about the coaching staff yet. I don't know what Shermer is as a head coach. The thing that's becoming apparent about the Cowboys is they are very good defensively, especially their pass rush but they can't move the football. They don't seem to be able to. Dak Prescott was really that one-year sensation as a rookie with Zeke Elliott, you know, as a rookie, and yeah. they had every everything going well. Uh, at this point in his development, he's not ready to strap a team to his back without without talent around him and put up twenty-four points a game or whatever it would be needed, whatever would be needed with that defense to be a competitive team. I think the Cowboys are good defensively, and I think they could win seven, eight games. I think the Giants could win eight, nine games. And I think the Redskins I are think, right there. I don't know in the eight about nine. the Giants.
1: I see the Giants if they're lucky to win five games. All right. um, and, and the Redskins, and we'll, we'll talk about this more on Thursday. Uh, the Redskins' whole future may rely this year on a 33 year old running
0: back. Uh, yeah, but it also may rely on a 34 year old quarterback.
1: I like their options at the backup quarterback than I do at backup oh, running
0: back. Oh, really? More? I had no idea. I had no idea. Don't, don't, okay, let me the, ask you.
1: Son, don't you agree? No, I think if they had, no, to, if they had, what would you rather have? The backup. Where are they stronger? Backup quarterback or backup running
0: back? If you if you told me right now that you're gonna you're gonna lose Peterson or Smith, I'd say let's lose Peterson. And who, run who? It doesn't matter. I, oh I, my god! You need you have. You know what, Tommy? You're Actually, nuts. I I'm surprised that Samaji Pirine, who was active, right, Aaron? He was active on Sunday. No, Piron was not oh, active. Oh, so Bibbs was active. They love yes. him. They do, and I like Bibbs a lot too because he's versatile. Um, but Practice squad player. No, just if, you t- if you told me I, I, I got to go with Colt McCoy, but I get Adrian Peterson or I lose Adrian Peterson and keep You're Alex Smith, so, I'm keeping Alex. You are Alex so Smith. warped. Oh, it's not even close. Oh, my God. I got to have a quarterback that's capable of leading me to the playoffs. You are And so Colt McCoy over a significant number with of games. No is running not, back. Alex Smith, the a runner he is. They haven't had a running back for three years. Yeah, and but they that made was the a playoffs once quor- and they, they should have made the playoffs. That was a different another quarterback,
1: time. Kevin. You know that.
0: Well, I, I Alex Smith is good enough to get this team to the playoffs. Kevin Colt McCoy he, he, is He
1: threw, tw- he threw tw- 20 times on Sunday. He threw
0: five times in the second half. So. Uh, you know what? That's okay, though. I don't care how they do it. They, they played flawlessly in the first half and built a lead that they were able to protect and win uh, on. You'll help us get ready for the bye weekend on Thursday when you're back. Um, where are you going today? You got to go down to Georgetown? Act,
1: actually, no. No, no, no that's uh, Thursday. Thursdays, I have to head back up to Frederick. Uh, I have drive all the way back. Luckily, it won't take me two hours to go back, you know, crossing two time zones and showing my passport uh, on the way. I'll go write a column for The Washington Times, and I'm going to have dinner tonight in Baltimore uh, with my son uh, because it's his 33rd birthday. There you go. Happy birthday, Rocco Levera.
0: Rocco, happy birthday. <laughs> thanks to Aaron. Thanks to all of you. I'm back tomorrow.